our series called Light. Okay, guys, we're in our series called Light, and the picture that we are painting every single week, the picture we're painting is that each and every single one of us are imprisoned in this dark cave, unable to see. We're imprisoned in this dark cave. We're stuck there. But listen, there is whispers, or yelling if you're in the other room with the kids. But, but listen, there are whispers of a light that is outside of the cave, and there are rumors of a world that is without walls that is outside of the cave, and there is word of a rescuer who is coming in and has come in into the cave to be the light that guides us out into our freedom. And that's what this series is all about. And today, what we see is that we are stuck in this cave, and there is a gate that leads to the outside. And we long to get through that gate. Only listen, that gate will not open for us. And so we are there longing for someone who is outside of the cave, outside of the walls, to come from the outside and open up the gate for us so that we can be led out. Will someone come? Is this world all that there is? Or is there something outside of it? And will that someone come and open up the gate so we can enter into the life and the world we are made for? That's what today's about. We're in John 10. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. It's up on the screen if you want to follow along. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they didn't understand what he was saying. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What these verses are doing is they're giving us a word picture for life in this world. And the picture is that we are sheep longing for a shepherd to lead us out into green pastures. Now, what you've got to understand, in the ancient Near East, in the ancient East, the way they dealt with sheep is much different than probably what you're picturing in your mind. You're probably picturing in your mind sheepdogs and, and, and a shepherd coming and pushing the sheep to go where the shepherd wants them to go. But that's not how it worked in the ancient East. In the ancient East, the sheep would follow the shepherd by listening for the shepherd's voice. They listened for a call. Now, now, to the people Jesus is speaking to, here's what they would have been thinking in their minds. They would have been thinking of a sheep pen. So a sheep pen would have a bunch of sheep in the sheep pen. Hundreds, maybe even a thousand sheep. 
all of different folds. And so here's what would happen. That sheep pen would have a stone, a stone wall, and it would also have a gate. And at the gate, there would be a gatekeeper to only allow the shepherd of those sheep in there to come in. And so here's what would happen. The shepherd would get there, the gatekeeper would open it up, and the shepherd would enter in. Only here's the thing. There are multiple sheep folds in that sheep pen. And so the shepherd would have looked around and seen that his sheep are all scattered amongst all the other sheep. So the shepherd maybe had 50 sheep, and there's 1,000 sheep in the sheep pen. So what would the shepherd do? Each shepherd would have its own specific call that the sheep would hear, so this could be a noise that they made. This could be even a song that they played on an instrument or a song that they sang. So what would happen is the shepherd would come in, the shepherd would give the call, and then the sheep would pop up their little sheep head, and they would look, and they would see their shepherd, and they'd come running, and the sheep would follow their shepherd out into green pastures. Now, what you have to catch here is that the sheep pen is a picture for us of our world. We're in the sheep pen. And the gate is the gateway into the world and the life we are made for where there is green pastures. That outside of the gate represents freedom. It represents heaven. It represents the life that you long for. The deepest desire in your heart is to get out of that gate and into the green pastures. You know, that, you know that feeling you get when everything in your life just starts falling together? You feel like, how did this happen? You're looking for a job, and then you get the exact job that you wanted, only it's even better, and you're getting paid far more than you realized that you were going to get paid. That happens. Or you're in love with someone, but they don't know about it. And then you find out they want to go on a date with you. And it feels like everything is just falling into place. You know that feeling? Well, listen, that's only a glimmer of the feeling it feels like to walk out of that gate and out into the green pasture that you are made to run in. I have little kids, so I watch a lot of Disney movies, so I want to talk to you about Moana. So, so Moana, Moana is stuck on this island. She feels stuck and imprisoned on this island. And everybody else that's on the island is so happy to be on the island. They're fine with being on the island. They like the island. The island's comfortable for them. But Moana keeps feeling like the ocean is calling her. She feels like she is made to set sail upon the open seas. And the problem for Moana is that she's set to one day be the leader of these people on the island. And so, so she's thinking, how can I lead these people on this island when all I want to do is get off of this island? So, and, and here's the other thing. You're not allowed to go out on the sea because of some things that happen. No one's allowed to go out on the sea. So, so here's, what, here's, here's what ends up happening. It turns out, no one's allowed to go on the sea, but it turns out that there's been a truth that has been suppressed. Her people were made to be voyagers. Her people to, were made to be sailors. They were made to sail the open ocean, and her ancestors did it for years and years and years and years, and then something happened, and so they stopped doing it. They were suppressing this truth that they were made for the ocean. 
there's an ancient truth that you have lost sight of. You are suppressing the truth that you are made for another world. And you're trying to cope with things in this world and you're bored and you're becoming unimaginative and you're becoming dull because this is not the world that you are made for. But you're trying to pull things out of this world that make you feel fulfilled, but it's not going to work because you're made for a whole other world. (laughs) Come on, you are made for an adventure and you are a bit bored right now. Life feels dull. And you're trying to convince yourself, ah, things are nice. I'm happy on this little island that I've created. Consider waking up to who you are. You are made in the image of God, and so that means being made in the image of God, that means that you are made to be with him in this whole other world that is not here. Though he might come and, well, he will come and restore this world. But you've got to tap into these longings. Stop suppressing them and let them out. Dream for the world that God has made you to be in. Okay? Dream for it. Now, you want proof? You want proof that there is a gate? that you are meant to go out into the world that you're made for, here it is. Here's the first proof. You look at creation. Very simply, I'll just say this. You can't make something... Listen, guys, listen, 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 listen. Okay, you can't make something out of nothing. God has created the world. There has to be a creator to make something. Okay, that's the first. Second, just for a second, think about this. You want to do good, right? But sometimes you find yourself not doing the things you know you should do. Do you know why that is? Because God has created a whole other world for you to live in, and he's wired you to live a certain way in that world. And when you're not living that way in, that, in this world, when you're not living the way that you were made for to live in the other world, you feel convicted of it. You feel like, man, I shouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing right now. And the reason you feel that is because God has made you to live an entirely different way, an entirely different world, and you're never going to live the way you want to live until you're in that world. That's the second. Third. You look around in this world, and it's breaking your heart, the things that are happening. You see things happen, and it's messing with you. It's breaking your heart. It's because you're made for a world that does not have those things. So what I would say to do would be a great thing, is when you feel that way, let that push you into setting your mind on the world that is to come. That doesn't mean you ignore the things around you, but also at the same time, you set your mind upon the world that is to come where there's no hurt, death, or pain. All right. Are you dreaming about this other world now? Okay, I'm going to do something that drives you crazy and tell you this. Joe, you're going to get mad at me here, so don't, don't yell at me. Okay, listen, listen. This world that you long for right now, that I got you all excited about, you can't get there. I told you, Joe, I warned you. Come on, come on. Now, listen, humanity is trying desperately to get through that gate. 
and we're trying everything we can do to get through the gate or to jump over this stone wall. We're desperate for us. And our text says that there's going to be thieves and robbers who come, and they're not going to come through the gate, but they're going to come in a different way. And they're going to try to steal us out, but it's not going to work. So, so here's how I want you to think about this. Other religions are teaching us ways to scale the stone wall. And so here's what, here's what will happen. A leader or a founder of a religion will say, okay, I figured it out, guys. I know how to get over the wall, and we got to do this. we got to follow these rules. we got this manual of how to get over. We got, here's what we're going to do. And we say, well, how, how do you know that? And you say, oh, well, I had a vision. And this vision told me that there's this manual, and if we follow this manual, and if we follow all these rules the right way, then we're going to be able to get over the fence, or we're going to be able to break through it. Here's the problem with that, though. The founder of whatever religion it might be has never been over the wall. So how can we trust that they know how to get us over? Now, here's why Christianity is different. Because Christianity is claiming that the one who came from beyond the walls has entered into the sheep pen. This is absolutely unique to Christianity. The one from outside of the walls has come from within. And he's not coming with a manual. He's not coming with rules. He's not coming with a strategy. He's coming as a shepherd to lead us out. He's not giving us an instruction manual. He says, I'm the shepherd. I'm here. Follow me out. He's not giving us an endless map. He's saying, I'm here to take you to your home. Do you know why? Other religions don't work according to Jesus. I know I'm not supposed to talk about that, right? But here's why other religions, according to Jesus, what he's saying, it's because of the gatekeeper. You know who the gatekeeper, you know what the gatekeeper is in this, in this picture? It's scripture. And, and here's what scripture is saying. Scripture is word to us about what is required on the other side of the wall. Scripture is the word about what life is like on the other side of the wall. So, so Scripture is saying, love God and love others perfectly, not with one glitch in it, not with one mistake, but absolutely perfect. And what it's saying is that everything on the other side of the wall is perfect. It's loving God and loving others perfectly, absolutely 100% perfect. And what it's saying is that in order to get into what is perfect, we have to also be perfect. And there's this chasm set up so that whatever is imperfect is not allowed to enter what is imperfect because, because if what imper is imperfect goes into what is perfect, a glitch enters into the system. Everything gets messed up. So scripture is saying, here is what life is like. Here's how to live in the world that is to come. And so this chasm between the imperfect and the perfect is this gate. And it's keeping each out, what is imperfect out of the perfect. And here's the other thing scripture says, is that every single one of us, we inherit this sin in our DNA. That maybe for a while we can get things right. But then given the right circumstances, given the right situation, eventually we mess everything up. 
given the right situation, it can happen to every single one of us. None of us, none of us are, every single one of us are capable of doing far great, far worse things than we realize. That's what it's saying. Um, and also, what it's saying is, in order to reach what is on the other side, perfection is required. And so what is happening is the wall is being set too high. We can't scale it, and we can't break through it. Scripture is screaming at us to look for a shepherd who will come and open up the gate and let us out. And what's remarkable, what's absolutely remarkable about the shepherd God is not only that he comes into the sheep pen, not only that God has come into the world, but what is even more remarkable is that he doesn't have one call for his entire sheepfold. He has one call, one unique call for every single one of his sheep, every single one. And you know what that call is? It's your name. Your name. You know how when you're at a theme park, you're around a whole bunch of people and you hear someone yell your name and you look around like, who said my name? And you finally see the person who called your name only they weren't calling your name, they were calling somebody else that had your same name. That's not what I'm talking about here. There is a deep intimacy here. You will know when you hear the shepherd call your name. It is a sound unique to you, and you hear it, and you know who it is that's calling you, and you know specifically that he is calling you. And, and there's an intimacy behind that with your name. And, and listen, he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you from the inside out. He formed you in your mother's womb. He has searched you and he knows absolutely everything about you. He even knows the things that you would be too ashamed of to tell your spouse or the person that you trust most in this world. He knows them intimately and he knows them well. And that's a bit of a terrifying thought, huh? Like the things that we're most ashamed of, he knows them well. He knows us from the inside out, every single thing about us. There's a very, very deep intimacy that is happening here. Now, along with this, he's calling your name from outside of this world by coming into it, but he's also calling your name from within. There's an intimacy here. And, and I don't even have the words to describe about how absolutely amazing this is, but he's calling you from outside of you and from within you. Outside of you in that he's outside of the sheep pen and he's coming in, but inside of you in that he's entered into your soul, he's entered into the deepest chambers of your heart, and his voice is echoing in the halls of your heart, calling out your name. And it's calling you to long for him. It's making you want him. So Moana again. So she sings a song. I know, it's funny, huh? I'm not going to sing it. No, I'm not. I have to sing it every night to my kids. I'm not singing it to you. Now listen, listen. She has this song that she sings. And, and at the beginning of the movie, it starts out like she's singing the song and the ocean is calling her. The ocean is what she's made for. She's, the ocean has chosen her. It's her destiny to set sail upon the ocean. But then, towards the end of the song, the words change, 
And she says, the, the call isn't out there at all. It's inside me. And then she roars out her name and says, I am Moana. And it's this big epic scene. Now listen, what, what, is, what is it for the Christian? Is it a call from outside of you or is it a call from within you? And the answer for the Christian is that it is both. We have a longing for another world that is outside of us. But there's something within us. There's an ancient memory within us that is calling out to us also. And it's calling out for the world and for the shepherd that we are made for. And so when he calls your name, you lift up your head and you look for him. And you see him and you go running to him and you get to him, and he gives you a whole new heart that's made for the world that you're made for. The ancient memory that's within you, there's a void there. And that void is meant for the Spirit of God to dwell. And so here's what happens. By faith, here's what Christianity is saying. By faith, the Spirit of God dwells within you. And then here's what happens. The, Jesus is calling out to the Spirit, and the Spirit within you is calling out to Jesus. And here's what's going on. There is this divine magnetism and polarism between Jesus Christ and His Spirit within you, calling out to each other. And what happens is that is what is within you, leading you to go running to your shepherd. That's what's drawing you to him. He's given you the gift of his Spirit within you to make you run to him and make you follow him out into the world you're made for. Now, some of you, you see him coming. You're in the sheep pen and you see him coming. And you think to yourself, there's no way he's going to call my name. You think about your life, you think about the things you've done, and you see all the people around you and they say, look at those people, they've got it all together. I don't have it all together. There's no way that I'm going to hear my voice. I've seen that I don't measure up. I got to get out of here. And so you take off running, but you're in the sheep pen. And you know how in video games when you come up to a wall and you try to keep running and it just looks like you're running, but you're running right up against the wall? If you play video games, you know that happens. And it's a really funny thing to watch. Well, that's kind of what we're doing. We're running up against this sheep pen, this wall, and we're just running, and the shepherd's over there and because we think there's no way we're going to hear our name called. So that's one type of sheep. The other type of sheep sees him coming, and that sheep doesn't run from him, but that sheep doesn't run to him. That sheep runs over here to following rules, and that sheep's like, okay, I'm going to get my life together. And the sheep starts like doing all the things that the sheep knows it needs to do before the shepherd comes, and so the sheep's getting, maybe you're coming to church. Maybe that's the reason you're here right now. It's because you're trying to get your life in order for the shepherd. And then you get it all in order enough, and you say, okay, I did it. So you walk over to the shepherd, and you say, Jesus, Aren't you so happy with me? Look at all the things I've been doing. Aren't you so glad that I'm on your team? Aren't you so appreciative of me? Now tell me this. When are you going to call my name? Because I'm ready. I'm ready to hear it. And he says, I don't know who you are. I don't know in your school when you were growing up. So from kindergarten to eighth grade, where I went to school, they had a student of the month. And each grade got a student of the month. And they would announce the student's name over the loudspeaker once a month. 
And you know, I never once, nine years, I never once heard my name called. Some of you guys are laughing at me, and some of you are making a sad face. Uh, but, But listen, never once did I hear my name called, not one time. I saw all my friends get their name called multiple times, but never once did I hear my name called. I found, out, I found out later, actually, that my, the reason I didn't get my name called for that is because my name was called for other things. I, my name was on the board and all this stuff. I found out that for the history, the whole history of where I went from kindergarten to eighth grade, I was number two with the most lunch detentions in the history of the school. So my name was called just for different reasons. But, but I thought, in my mind, I deserved to hear my name called. Now, To you who are running, I want want you to just put yourself here. You're in the sheep pen and you're running. You're up against the wall running. And then you hear him call your name. And you know that it's you. And you know who called you. And you say, oh no. I've seen what my life is like. I've seen the things that I've done. He knows me from the inside out, and so you're terrified. And so you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to walk over there. And so you're walking over there, and you realize my only chance is that he's going to be gracious to me, and he's going to be merciful to me. And so you're thinking in your mind, okay, let me just, I'm just going to ask him to be gracious. I'm just going to ask him. And so you get up to him, and as soon as you get up there, he gives you the tightest embrace, and he says, I've missed you. You've been running from me for so long, and now you're here. I've missed you. And you think, you say to him, how, how is this possible that you are accepting me right now after everything that I've done to you? And he says, oh, you don't understand. He says, you came knowing that you needed grace. And as a shepherd, I'm here to pour out grace and mercy, and I'm here to chase you down as your shepherd. And you hear that, and you're like, some of you are like, so you took the risk and hoped for hope for grace. Now, some of you are hearing that, and you're like, what the heck just happened? This guy over here that's trying so hard to be good, he, Jesus says he doesn't know him, but this guy over here that's been running and not following any of the rules is being accepted. You're saying, what's going on here? Listen to this. They're having fun in there, but listen to me. Listen. Jesus says he and he alone is the gate into those green pastures. See, what you've got to understand is the person who ran over here to follow the rules, they didn't run from Jesus, but they didn't run to him either. And so by doing this, by following the rules, let me tell you this, following the rules is just another way to try to avoid the shepherd. Because if you follow all the rules, here's what you can say. I followed all the rules. I've earned my way in. I don't need a shepherd. I'm my own shepherd. I'm my own gate. So I'm going to enter into the life that I want, and I'm going to earn it. I don't have to follow anybody. I'm making this happen on my own. You care nothing for the shepherd. You want to be your own shepherd. And the thing about Christianity and about about the shepherd is that in order to go to him, in order to enter in through the gate, it's all by grace, and by the mercy of God. There's, a, there's an old hymn 
an old song that's sung in churches. And the words are, we lay our deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet. We lay our deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet and stand in him and him alone, gloriously complete. And what that's saying is that your doing and doing and doing is a way for you to try to earn your way in through the gate. And the, the song says it's deadly. It's the most deadly thing that you can be doing because you're trying to earn your way through something that you'll never be able to earn your way through. And it's deadly. It's saying lay it down and go to him and him alone and stand in him alone gloriously complete. See, that's the door over there, and someone's trying to get through, and they're not able to get through, and I'm because it's locked. It's the same thing. You've got to enter through the gate. And that's what he's saying. There's no amount of goodness that can get you through. And so, I, Christians, I need to talk to you for a minute. This is what we do, and we drive the shepherd crazy when we do it. We go and we rely on grace, and then we become a Christian, and we say, okay, now i got to earn some more favor from him. And we try harder and harder to earn his favor, and we say, if I do this, he's going to accept me more. If I do this, he's going to love me more. And here's what you got to understand. You have absolutely every bit of acceptance and love that you could ever have from him because you simply had this little tiny kernel of faith, and you took the risk, and you walked over to him, and you've asked for grace, and he's given it to you, and he's given you all the acceptance that you can absolutely ever want. And then the first response people have is, well, then why would I listen to him? If I'm going to be loved and accepted no matter what about the way that I live, no matter, I could do anything and he's going to accept me and love me. Why would I do anything that he asked me to do now? I'm just going to do what I want to do. I, I, every, all of you have asked me, Joe. And now listen, here's your answer. There is nothing more wrong than to think that way. Because here's why. Right now, you are functioning like your greatest motivator is fear. Your greatest motivator is fear. And what the shepherd is saying is the greatest motivator there is, is love. And as soon as you will reflect and believe in this love that he has for you, that he is pouring out upon you, it is going to compel you to live the way he's calling you to live because you have such a deep love for him because you've seen the love and the grace that he's poured upon you. There's no greater motivator than love. None. Okay, so let's go back to the one who was running over here from him, but then heard his voice, heard his name called. Or, you know what, the guy who's been trying to follow all the rules over here. You know, eventually that guy's got to say, I can't earn my way in. I'm going to go rely on grace and on love. And so, so they say that, okay, I'm making my way over. And you say, whichever one, whichever type of person you are, you say, how is it that you are calling my name right all the things that I've done in my life, after the way that I've treated you, after the motives that I had. Yeah, I did some good stuff, but the motives behind them were so impure. How is it that you knew everything about me, yet you still embraced me? How You say, how is it, Jesus, that I can enter through this gate 
when I am nowhere close to perfect. Here's what he says to me. He says, through me. Through me. You say, well, what do you mean, Ken? Because you say, listen, you say, I know my sin. I know the things that I've done. And just an ounce of it keeps you out. And you know now know that. And you say, okay. So you come up to the gate. And the gatekeeper says, no. And you're staying there. And the gatekeeper says, don't even try to enter through. Because if you do, you're going to get ripped in two. So you say, well, how is it that I enter through you, Jesus? Here's what he says. It's in Romans 10.20. Or no, sorry, Hebrews 10.20. It says, through when the curtain of his flesh is torn in two, we enter in through him. Here's what that's saying. On the cross, Jesus Christ is the gate that was torn into two so that we can pass through him. And here's what happens. He's perfect. And he on the cross is torn in two. And so here's what that means for you. When he is torn in two, that means you have a passageway, a gateway to enter through. And all of his perfection is clothed around you as you enter in through him, the gate. And the gatekeeper lets you pass through because his perfection is covering you. And so you just simply pass right through him by faith into the life and the world that you are made for. That's why it's in him and him alone. Go to him. And when you do, you're going to realize that the world that you long for is that world that you long for because he is there. And you're going to realize that the life you've always wanted is that life because you are with him. So just go to him. Run to him. Your shepherd is calling your name. Run to him every day. Stop, stop running away from him and stop running to laws and rules and just go to him. He's a person and he's ready to embrace you over and over and over again. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this word would comfort us all. I pray that we would all take the risk and go and rely on grace. We wouldn't rely on works and we wouldn't realize that we aren't measuring up so that would keep us from the shepherd. But I pray, God, that we would hear that call and we would go running to him. God, compel us. Move us to you. Whatever's stopping us, God, I pray that you would break it off of us so that we would know your embrace, the embrace of our great shepherd who has made a way for us to enter into the world and the life that we long for. God, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.